Hi, I'm Mac. Hi, I'm Abigail. And this is Unsubs. This is the podcast where we recap, rate, and review all 324 episodes of Criminal Minds. Today, we're doing season one, episode 18, Somebody's Watching. We're almost done with season one. Yo, that's scary. I don't want to think about how much television I've consumed. (laughs) I don't want to think about how many seasons are left. Oh my god. Listen, oh my god. we're almost at one down. How many to go? It's a lot. It's a lot. It's definitely in the double digits. Christ. <laughs> hey, at least it's not Grey's Anatomy. Oh gosh. That is How true. can you watch 15 seasons of people in a hospital? I mean, how could you watch 15 seasons of Zach Braff? Is he in that show? No. Oh, he's in one of those shows. I think he's in Scrubs. Yeah, he's in Scrubs. Fuck Zach Braff. I don't know why, but fuck Zach Braff. I don't have any strong feelings about Zach Braff. Okay, now I feel bad. (laughs) Zach, I don't know how to feel about you. (laughs) But we do know how you feel about Mark Ruffalo. Yes, that's a that's a big no from me. That's a callback on my part. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty serious one right there. Like um my mother-in-law was listening to that episode the other day and she texted me and said that she was so happy that I brought up the shirt she made me that says fuck Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> <laughs> she is so supportive. She is listening well, this is maybe this can be my fun fact of the day. Perfect. My uh, father-in-law and mother-in-law are watching Criminal Minds, and the other day when I was seeing them, he called it unsubs. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Which I thought was really cool. He was like, "I really like that unsub show." <laughs> Perfect. So they are our biggest fans. Anyways, um, want to do your fact of the day, and then we'll do the disclaimer. I don't know what my phone Oh my gosh. Girl, I can't help you. It's your fact. Just ask me a question. Okay, what's your favorite type of shoe? Oh, my favorite type of shoe, I would have to go with um Tim's Timberlands. <laughs> oh. That's what I wear almost every day. Uh they're waterproof and they're fun and they're comfortable and uh, make whatever assumptions you want to about me over the fact that I wear Tim's, but... I was not going to make any assumptions. I like them. I was just... I was just asking you a question because you asked me to ask you a question <laughs> about your life. So I was just making polite conversation. Thank you. Oh, gosh. Okay. So here's a disclaimer. We are not associated. I, I'm going to start again. First, a disclaimer. We are not in any way associated with a television show, Criminal Minds, or any entities thereof. We're just fans. So please don't sue us. Please don't sue us. Our rating criteria is as follows. Uh, The criminal slash serial killer. The character development slash character arcs. The forensics slash context. The script writing and the background characters. And let's get into the plot 
of this episode. I loved this episode. <laughs> I really enjoyed this episode. I always, when I think of Criminal Minds, like this is one of the episodes that like always sticks in my head. Um, I know I said that about the Fox, but this is another one. We open in Los Angeles, California at an art gallery. We learn that Gideon and Reed are attending an LAPD conference on behavioral analysis and profiling. In the meantime, or I should say in their free time, they're hitting up local art galleries, I guess. Because they are cultured men. (laughs) Men of culture. Gideon seems like a little bit out of his depth. He seems like he's a little overwhelmed. Yeah. It's like a modern art gallery. Anyway, Reed meets Lila Archer, played by Amber Heard. Fuck Amber Heard. I don't know if we should address this right at the start. Or um, <laughs> wait until later. We can wait until later. Okay. Um, if you want to hear our thoughts on Amber Heard, keep listening. Okay, so he Reed meets Lila Archer, played by Amber Heard, and also her artist friend, Pinky Robertson. Pinky says to Gideon, quote, If I weren't a lesbian, I'd jump your bones. I've always had a thing for middle-aged men. And you have these piercing, discerning eyes that remind me of my father, who was a shrink. Okay, first of all, there's there's a couple things I want to unpack with this sentence. Um, <laughs> first of all, I get it. Gideon is definitely, like, for those old, like, middle-aged men, yeah, yeah. I was just listening to the episode where you were calling him, like, you, I forget, it was so fucking old. funny. Yeah, you were like, he's not a spry... <laughs> Spry young thing. You were like, he's grizzled. <laughs> he's been, no, I said he's seasoned. He's seasoned. Girl, um, hysterical. Um, but like, so yeah, Gideon can get it. But at the same yeah. time, I really don't like, I don't remember what year this came out, but you know, it, we didn't, we didn't then and still don't get a lot of like lesbian representation in media and it like pisses me off that you're gonna have a like very out like vocal lesbian for like three minutes of a scene but then like within those minutes she's hitting on a man like that's not like it just because there's representation doesn't mean it's good representation and i think people forget that like having not good representation can be more harmful than good yeah and that just pissed me off cough cough gossip girl especially riverdale yeah anyways the next day reed and gideon attend the lapd conference while this is happening they're describing things about um unsubs And we watch actress Natalie Ryan get attacked by an intruder who knocks on her door wearing a motorcycle helmet and enters her home. Later, when her fiancé, Jeremy Collins, comes home, he is also shot. Reed and Gideon are on their way to the airport when LAPD Detective Owen Kim, who is hot, can I just say? Whoosh. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my gosh. That what a man. 
Um, he gets a call about Natalie Ryan's murder, and he's like, hey, FBI, I know I was just about to, like, drive you to the airport, but, like, what if you just, like, swing by this crime scene with me? And I was like, oh, that's a sly one, sexy <laughs> detective. So they get to Natalie Ryan's crime scene. Detective Kim recognizes the weapon that was used, a twenty-two caliber gun. He informs Reed and Gideon that there have been two other killings that are linked to this gun. The first was Wally Melman. Wally! <laughs> wow. How many episodes have we called back? <laughs> it's a lot. Let's see how many more we can tie into this convoluted. Convoluted. Uh, what a. Um, <laughs> Wally. <laughs> This is my father. Oh, we are this so obnoxious. Oh my god. Um, anyway, um, he was a movie producer. And then the second killing that was linked to that gun was Chloe Harris, who was another actress. Just want to point out that Chloe Harris and Natalie Ryan were both blondes. Um like Lila Archer, which will become significant later. All these bitches be looking the same. <laughs> no forensic evidence has been found at any of the crime scenes. Um, and Detective Kim formally requests the BAU's very sexy assistance. So it's just a sexy crime scene. We've got Reed. We've got Gideon. We've got Detective Kim. Whew. Um, so the rest of the team flies out on their private jet, and I put in parentheses, I guess that means Reed and Gideon flew commercial. <laughs> or maybe they flew the jet out and then the jet flew back without yep. them. I don't know. Um, but anyway, the BAU believes that the unsub is an assassin. I love how you spelled assassin. Oh, did I spell it wrong? Assassin. <laughs> Okay, uh, to be fair, I wrote this on the day after I got my second COVID-19 shot, so I was not my best. I was very Tylenol. A sometimes. <laughs> type for us. I, uh, I, you know, I had taken probably six Tylenol at that point, and I was feeling good. No, it's fine. I'm super dyslexic, so, like, I can't understand. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of S's in there. There is. I can never spell it right the first time, but a son. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, so our four t our ascend types are type one, which is political assassins like John Wilkes Booth. Um, type two is ego egocentrics, so they're looking for recognition and fame. Type 3, psychopaths. Uh, and then type 4, which suffers from a major mental disorder and is frequently delusional. So they talk about type 4 assassins, so no obvious links to victimology. Uh, meticulous, they would watch over their victims for a long time. The kills are clean, no evidence left at the crime scenes, and no detectable signature of any kind. So, to get back to the plot, while the BAU and Detective Kim are talking it out, hashing it out, 
a man named Michael Ryer shows up at the LAPD office and asks to speak to someone in regards to the Natalie Ryan investigation. He turns out to be Lila Archer's manager. Apparently, Lila received a newspaper article about the death of Natalie Ryan in the mail, and someone had written, you owe me, in all caps on it. Lila tells the BAU that she did not personally know Natalie Ryan. She states that she auditioned for a part in Wally Melman's latest movie, but Natalie Ryan got the part instead. So those are two people who have been murdered who are linked to her. Morgan mentions that Chloe Harris looked similar to Lila and could have been a potential rival, which I think is a bit of a leap. The BAU realized that Lila has a stalker. They ask her if anything out of the ordinary has happened to her recently or on a regular basis. And she states that she has left flowers anonymously on the 7th of each month. Red, she receives flowers on the 7th of each month. Yes. She receives anonymous flowers on the 7th of each month. Red an- anemones, which I thought were the things that grow under sea. They're her favorites. Interesting. But. Oh, no, they're not. They kind of look like, um, they kind of look like poppies. Okay. So after she finds out that she's being stalked and that the people have died because of her, she dramatically runs out of the LAPD police station and re-chases after her. He tells her that the unsub has been stalking her for some time and that the unsub likely suffers from erotomania. Hey, girl. Hey. <laughs> um, hi, girl. Didn't realize we'd be seeing you again so soon. But I guess, you know, it's good to see friends. Reed tells her that um, the stalker has turned into an assassin who believes that murdering people is furthering Lila's career. <laughs> He warns her that these type of scenarios end in one of two ways. Either the stalker will kill himself or will kill the object of his affection. Just in that typical read, no like bedside manner at all. Uh, And she just runs away. But now we have a different type of profile. And I don't know that we've ever had this, but they're calling this a compound profile so the compound profile of a so it would be assassin plus a stalker so we have a type 4 delusional assassin and they have an um erotomaniac fixation on lila archer so as we have explored in our previous episode but for those who do not remember or haven't listened how dare you um (laughs) erotomaniacs uh, possess the belief that a person usually of a higher social status, is in love with them. Okay, wait, wait. We just got to preface this next point by, like, this was a lot. <laughs> this next... I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, so this is alarming. I wonder... And I also am a little apprehensive about whether the number has gone up on average um, since this was filmed and distributed. Um, so in the United States, at any given time, there are over... 200,000 people being stalked? (laughs) Oh, shit. No bueno. No. 
And this uh, compound profile of the assassin and stalker would generally be a single man, late 20s to early 40s, a loner, very intelligent, but they would also have ample time to follow his victim and study her habits. So maybe not a steady job, I guess is what they're saying. Yeah. They didn't get into this too much, but Lila Archer has like a show that she's regularly on. And when she's on set for the show, Reed is also there. And Lila is given a note um, from the stalker that was found by a PA for um, her show named Maggie Lowe. And Maggie is also like a friend that she's known since college. Note says, I've always been so good to you. Why would you go to the police? Lila gives the BAU the note, and they realize and they realize that based on the past tense of the word B, it likely means that the stalker actively knows Lila. Also, Lila refuses to go into hiding. She's like, the show must go on. She's like, I will not live in fear. Bitch, hide yourself. Hide yourself before you die yourself, bitch. Literally. <laughs> oh my god. The BAU discusses potential next targets and realize that now the unsub has shifted his anger from other people to Lila herself and believe that now the unsub is going to be going after people closer to her inner circle. So they go to find her agent, Michael Ryer, who was the one who brought her in to talk to the LAPD in the first place. Um, and they find out that he has been murdered. They call Reed, who's still on set with Lila, and they're like, you need to take that bitch home and get her to pick up her shit and go to a safe house. And Gideon, for reasons I don't quite understand, is like, Reed, don't tell Lila that her manager has been murdered. Yeah. He's like, we need her to stay calm. But like, Dude, <laughs> that's bullshit. When they're in Michael Ryer's office, Elle finds candid shots of Lila, like nude and posing in lingerie in his office. And she believes that Ryer was actively paying a paparazzi named Joe Martinez to keep these photos out of the press. Now Martinez is a possible suspect. And Morgan and the very sexy Detective Kim go to interview him. At Martinez's house, they find a dark room and there are photos of Lila. And there's actually photos of, I think it's Natalie Ryan is the one. There's It's one of the other actresses that's been murdered. I believe it's Natalie Ryan. Pictures of her as well. While they're back on their way to the station, Morgan and Detective Kim are attacked by the unsub on the motorcycle. I was like, oh, that's daring of you. Yeah. So Reed escorts Lila to her home to go over, quote, security measures. He's there to go over security measures. Okay, sure. He is. Okay. I don't know why it had to be Reed and not another detective. Uh, just saying. At Lila's home, Reed notices a very cool, huge collage hanging on her wall that I was like, I would have something like this, like hanging in my house. And it's like kind of displayed in a place of prominence above her couch. Mm -hmm. um, it's a statement piece. 
it's a statement piece looking cool. She's got like a very modern kind of like, oh, it's not an apartment. It's like a house. But she said that she rents it. You know how like rich people be renting really nice houses. Anyways, Lila gets in the pool for a swim and Reed's like, we got to go. But like Reed literally hasn't told her that her manager is dead. So she doesn't think that the stalker has like escalated the violence. So Reed's like, you got to get out of the pool. And she pulls him into the pool. That made me so mad. Yeah, because it's like, oh, all of his like FBI stuff and his gun. You're going to waterlog his phone, his gun, his all of his stuff. He, he's like, my gun is wet. Mm, girl, is it? Is your gun wet? Are you just happy to see me? Stop it. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm sorry, my mother-in-law, who's listening to this right now. Um, anyway, it's kind of a sexy scene. Reed makes out with her in the pool. And we know that, like, Reed as a character is, like, really gawky and, like, awkward. But we know that, like, Matthew as a person is definitely, like, very charismatic and sexy. So a lot of the times when, like, I watch people kiss in movies, I'm like, are they kissing as the actor or, like, as the character? Because it was, like, a very sensual kiss. And it was also, like, very, like, wet. And Reed's like, this is completely inappropriate, but then keeps kissing her. Um, and Martinez, the paparazzo, as he calls himself, is hiding by the pool, taking photos the whole time. So all of a sudden, Reed's like, hmm, now's a good time to tell Lila that her manager is dead. He felt like he was being dishonest. Yeah, with his tongue literally down her throat was like, yeah, now is the right time. Uh, I know, but it just, ugh, 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 ugh. Okay, so he just tells her, and Lila does not take it well. And I actually feel like that's a really, like, this this whole thing, this whole episode is just really well acted. And I feel like the pace is on point. And there's this scene where, like, they're both soaking wet. They're standing in the pool. He's just told her, and they're just, like, staring at each other. And I was like, oh, my God. I was, like, on the edge of my seat. They get out of the pool, Morgan and Elle arrive, and they arrest Martinez, thinking that he's the unsub. However, Martinez, the paparazzo's like, I'm a scumbag, but not a moiterer. <laughs> um, which I guess is a valid statement. Yeah. Um, so Lila's like, Spencer, why didn't you tell me that Michael was dead? And I was like, who's Spencer? <laughs> <laughs> um... And Reed is like, I know I wanted to tell you, but I was told that I couldn't tell you. I just couldn't tell you. And like, while they're having this conversation, Gideon walks in <laughs> to the back and like he's blurred and out of focus, but you can see him like come in during this really intimate conversation. And he goes, I told him not to tell you. He was following my orders. Like a, a real wingman. Reed realizes that that cool collage that we were talking about earlier is from the stalker. Yeah, because she's like, I just like this picture because it just reminds me of, like, life. And he's looking at it and, like, with his genius brain, like, you know, dissecting it and putting it together. And he's like, oh, it looks like there are, like, pictures of you in here. And she's Yeah, because it's like her, the street she used to live on. 
they take apart the collage and like dissect all the different photos and realize that it's literally Lila's whole life story. Like all of the big events in her life since college, like personal photos that the press would not have. And they eventually find out that Maggie Lowe, who was the PA on her, who is the PA on Lila's show is the person who gave Lila the collage and made it for her. To which I ask, why then did you introduce a great character in the beginning of this episode named Pinky Robertson, whose art medium was collages? Right. Right? Right. Was that not confusing? Yeah, I was like, where is the lesbian just here to be a lesbian? Like, are we not going to take, like, are we not going to do anything more with her? Is that like her one character? personality trait is that she's a lesbian and that's what she's going to be remembered for in this episode i was watching season eight of criminal minds just for funsies yesterday and there is an episode where there's a coroner who's like looking at a body and she goes like she says man reminds me of my (laughs) ex-girlfriend i was like oh shout out to you feminist icon lesbian coroner who we meet for like a minute um anyways (laughs) yeah i don't know i just like why have her be a collage artist and then have like the collage be the big reveal at the end Like, it's a little bit of a disconnect there. I admit, collages are fucking hot. And maybe this, like, circle of friends just all really like collages as a medium. It's because they're in L.A. and Hollywood. So anyway, the unsub is Maggie Lowe. And Elle goes off to do who knows what other than to, like, leave Reed and Lila in the house by themselves. So Reed and Lila are in the house... And um, he tells Lila that the BAU believes that Maggie is the unsub. And Lila's like, what? No way. Not Maggie. And then Maggie calls Lila and Reed is like, Garcia, trace this call. So Maggie reminds Lila of a time in college when they were sexually intimate. At least it's suggested that they were. Yeah. I think so. I would assume, yeah. It's not explicitly stated, though two lesbians in my episode of criminal minds it's more likely than you think (laughs) and lila's like maggie that was like only for a weekend and maggie's like that was the happiest time of my life um and i do have to say that like the actress playing maggie is just like fucking killing it she's like 110 percent like like acting out this role and when we met her earlier she just seemed like super like perky and nice but now to like see her like this other side of her i was like oh spot on right there and garcia's like yo reed that call's coming from inside of lila's house (laughs) reed's like how did maggie get into the house and lila's like she's got keys So they go and they find Maggie. Maggie points a gun at Lila and monologues. You love a good villain monologue. Reed tackles Maggie to the ground and she begs, he disarms her and she begs Reed to kill her. And then he says, we're going to help you, Maggie. You're going to be okay. But girl, we know that there's no cure for erotomania. Reed is lying. She's not going to be okay. She's going to be sick with this for the rest of her goddamn life. 
maybe a lot of therapy. Who knows? Oh my god, girl. Lila and Reed say goodbye, and it's left kind of as an open possibility that they may continue their relationship at a later point. But I'm ruining this for you by telling you that they do not. Bye-bye, Amber. Bye-bye. Bye. Um, but as Morgan points out, he will always be a hero to her. Reed will always be a hero because she saved he saved her. Yeah. Okay, so do you want to talk about Amber Heard before you get into like my favorite serial killer ever? That's a weird thing to say, and mostly I just like him because of the television show. Yeah. But um, I don't have I don't I mean again, I don't have a lot of authority to speak on this or anything. I just it was very odd to be like Watching this show and be like, oh shit, that's Amber Heard, given that uh, she's a controversial figure now. Um, and I had actually ever, I don't think I'd ever actually seen her in a movie or a TV before until this. Um, I know she was like in Aquaman um, and stuff, but given her, the things that went down between her and Johnny Depp. Um, again, I know this is controversial, although uh, they did have a reach a settlement of some sorts, but there was a lot of things about a, her abusing Johnny Depp, but she made it out to be as if she was the victim and she was the one being abused. And it does sound like, you know, no one's perfect. I wouldn't be surprised if there was abuse on both sides. But uh, if you look at uh, the videos of her in court and everything, it's pretty clear that she's the one who's giggling evilly while Johnny Depp looks extremely distressed. Yeah. And I, I did a little bit of reading beforehand because I recognized the name, but I just didn't know anything about it. And again, like we don't know the whole story, like who the fuck are we? But I had read that she had like a previous like injunction about domestic violence for like a previous boyfriend on her record, which to me is like a big red flag. And frankly, like Johnny Depp has publicly dated many other celebrities such as Winona Ryder. And if Winona Ryder says he wasn't abusive, I'll, I'll believe her. Right. That her experience with him is, was not abusive. Then I will believe it. Um, basically Winona, tell me how to feel about him and I will accept it as truth. Right. <laughs> I love you, Winona. <laughs> I love you, Winona, even though you shoplifted all those years ago. You've turned it around, girl, and I'm so proud of you. I love Winona. Give her all of the roles. Um, Yes. But anyways, you should, listener, you should definitely do your own research and come to your own opinion. But, um, you know, abuse can happen to any gender and any person. And we'll drop some links, some, like, domestic violence links in our um, profile notes also, not to shout out or pat myself on the back, but I did a, on my personal podcast, Your New Apartment, I did a whole episode about domestic violence and spoke to someone who is an advocate at a local shelter. So I'll drop that as well, because she had some good advice and great resources. So, yeah. But anyways. So um, to get into my deep dive, uh, but it isn't really as much of a deep dive this time. We have already covered Erotomania in one of our previous episodes, so I was like, I don't want to be redundant. Uh, go listen to that episode. Um, so 
this uh, Maggie Lowe, uh, the perpetrator or the unsub in this uh, episode, is very similar to an- another couple of like real life cases, um, such as uh, Mark David Chapman, who shot John Lennon. Um, Robert John Bardo, who killed actress Rebecca Schaefer when she was only 21. Um, and then, of course, John Hinckley Jr., who attempted to assassinate uh, Ronald Reagan, and then an indirect, indirect assassination attempt on the then White House press secretary, James Brady. And he int- committed those attacks to impress Jodie Foster. But what this actually reminded me more of than anything else was Andrew Cunanan. And I'm only, and I just want to clarify that I am only excited about him because Darren Chris did a really good he did a really good job of portraying him um, in American what's it called American Crime Story and yeah. that was just a, a really great season and I know that he's a serial killer and I do not actually like him and he's a piece of shit but Darren Chris did a good job of portraying him Darren Chris is flawless I actually think I still have one episode left of that. Um, but yeah, just definitely feel free to jump in on this because I didn't go super in depth. Um, but Andrew Cunanan, um, was an American spree killer who murdered five people during a a three month period in 1997. But most notably, he is the one who murdered the Italian fashion designer Gianni Versace. Also, I believe he murdered exclusively men, yes, and, like, gay men. Yeah. So, they say that his motive remains, quote, unknown. Um, And this makes me angry, but at the same time of the murders, there was an extensive public and press speculation linking the crimes to him allegedly being HIV positive. Um, which is bullshit. He was also HIV negative, as they found out during. Well, after you're dead, and they examine your body. Autopsy? Yes. Oh my god. I yeah. After yeah, they determined during the autopsy that he was HIV negative. So it really pisses me off that they were like, oh well, he's HIV HIV positive, so that's why he did this. That's such freaking bullshit. So he would. He was also known for like getting money and lavish belongings from rich men, and basically like acting as like a sugar baby. Um, but it's it's very compelling because he left no suicide note and very few belongings. And the belongings to be of note that he did leave were multiple tubes of hydrocortisone cream, which is like cor- cortisol, and then. A fairly extensive collection of C.S. Lewis fiction. Oh my god. So hydrocortisone cream is like, um, you use it for eczema. Yeah. Yeah. It could be used for, like, several different things, but... Yeah, and so then he, uh, he committed suicide, um, and that's kind of all they have on him. Like, I mean, that's not all they have. There's so much, but, like... That that that's really like the basic outline. Again, like there's no definitive motive, and there's no suicide note or anything. But it does it does seem that he had a fixation on Gianni Versace. Um, in the TV series, he's talking about how like you know he and Versace are like really close and have this relationship, and how he's kind of going to be like his protege in a way. Um, and it was all lies. <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I think they definitely took some liberties with that television series. Absolutely. It's Ryan Murphy. Of course they did. Oh, yes. Uh, Ryan, I don't know how to finish the show, Murphy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we love you, Ryan. Um, I love Ryan. But, but oh my you God. don't know how to finish shows sometimes. And also Evan Peters. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's, that's what I was going to say. This is the same series that is now going to be having Evan Peters playing uh, Dahmer, which is going to be interesting. It's going to be so sexy. It's going to, yeah, and it shouldn't be, which is, like, disgusting because Jeffrey Dahmer was, like, disgusting. But also Evan Peters can be, like, really creepy and gross when he wants to be. So, like, I'm yes. sure he'll be playing it. That's Speaking of that, that's another, like, men being abused case right there. Not yeah. to get into it, but yeah. Yeah. Fuck you, Emma Roberts. Um, fuck you, Emma fuck Roberts. Fuck you. She's also apparently just like a horrible person to be around. I believe it. Um, Should we rate this yeah, episode? Yeah, let's, let's rate this fucking episode. Criminal and serial killer. Um, ooh, I liked this. I liked this a lot. Okay, I will say one thing. I was kind of hoping... They were going to go down the hole of uh, Lila actually being the one to be, like, orchestrating these assassinations. Mm. Um, And that she had someone else carrying them out for her. um, So that she could, you know, be having success with her career. Um, I felt like that would have been really, really fascinating. But I am, I do like how it went down. I think it's interesting. I don't like that we're going to have a uh, presumably gay woman be the one killing people. Yeah. Um, That's, again, bad representation. Yes, that's Uh, true. But I do think it was, I I do like that it was like someone that she thought she trusted. um, And that there was a personal history there. Yeah, I just thought it was, like, super compelling and super, like, this is just one that sticks in my head and just well acted. Like, I just, I really enjoyed it, you know? Like, I don't know. What do you think? Because I'm, re- I'm ready to give it a 20 for the, the killer, but if you I would less. I, I would have liked to have, again, I always say this, I would have liked to have seen more of the killer, so I was going to go with, like, 18. Okay, we could do 18. All right. Character development and character arcs. I love that we got to see so much goobs. Yes. Oh, my gosh. So much fucking goobs. Yeah. I mean, so like, we- so much goobs. Goobs making out. There was a lot of character development for him in this episode. I mean, 20? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, keep going. Forensics in context. There wasn't as much forensics going on. Yeah, but we already knew, like, watching the show, you already know about an erotomaniac at this point. So they gave us, like, a little refresher. I mean, I thought the coolest thing was when they took apart the collage and Reed was like, I'll put it back together. But, like, I was like, ooh, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. Yeah, like... Like you said, like, you know, we get to see, like, they gave us a little refresher on Erotomania, um, and we got to see, like, you know, Reed being like, oh, I'll take a cloth apart the collage and put it back together again, which is cool. I wouldn't say it was anything special, like, or new that they did with it in this episode. Um, maybe, like, 15? 14? 12? I don't know. 15. Okay. Script writing. 
Ooh, I thought this was a good script. But we should except for the lesbians. Except for, yeah, the except for this shitty lesbian representation, yes. I would say this is pretty solid. Dock some points for that for sure. Fifteen? Sure. Background characters. Ooh. Who I mean, I guess Lila would be the background character. She was definitely uh, Kim. Oh, yeah. Oh. Detective Kim. I just felt like this whole thing was just really well acted. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What about a 20? How high does that give it if we give them that one a 20? 88. Well, okay. Be you comfortable with that? It beats the fox. I feel- <laughs> How could anything beat the fox? No, yes, 88. Follow us on social media, um, Instagram at Unsubs uh, Podcast, and our website will be linked in the show notes. Follow my blog, yournewapartment.tumblr.com, and my podcast, which is on hiatus, uh, Your New Apartment, on all of your favorite streaming services. And you can find my podcast, Between Stage and Screen, on all of your favorite podcast listening platforms, as well as the Instagram page, Between Stage and Screen Podcast. All right, we will see you guys next week for episode 19. Getting pretty close to the end of season one. There.